everybody. Welcome to our podcast. Yes, our podcast. <laughs> You're on a letter from us and um, I'm Misha and I'm with Sujin as always because she's a swagger. And today we're going <laughs> <laughs> And today we're going to be talking about castle culture. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Sujin, what does cancel culture even mean? Okay, so uh, according to the Cambridge Dictionary, it says a way of behaving in a society or group, especially on social media, in which it is common to completely reject and stop supporting someone because they have said or done something they offends you. Mm. So basically, this is to effectively end their career or revoke their cu- cultural... How do I pronounce this? Catch it? Shishi, <laughs> maybe? Okay, Okay, so whether through boycotts or their work or disciplinary action from an employer. So Dr. Joe McCorkle, a professor of sociology and criminology at Villanova University, stated that the roots of cancel culture have been present throughout human history. And societies have punished people for behaving outside of perceived social norms or for centuries. Yeah, I hope y'all already see the problem with this. It's in the definition already. <laughs> okay, so let's talk more about the history then. Um, I got this stuff from uh, medium.com. So they say it's been around forever, but it's just been here under different names. For example, historical novels often use the word cut, which basically means you're going to be treated as nothing. So people could walk right past you without acknowledging your existence. So like you would be quote unquote cut off from society if you did something unacceptable. Um, Yeah, I guess that's just how it be. And sometimes mm-hmm. cancel culture can just happen because the majority of the crowd wants to cancel a certain person. In psychology, there is a term called groupthink, which according to Psychology Today is a phenomenon that occurs when a group of well-intentioned people make irrational or non-optimal decisions, spurred by the urge to confirm or the belief that dissent is impossible. The problematic or premature consensus that is characteristic of groupthink may be fueled by a particular agenda or may be due to group members valuing harmony and coherence above critical thought. And groupthink is not always correct, obviously, because we're humans, but it is groupthink that decides whether someone should be canceled or not. So innocent people can suffer. And we can see this in the story of Jesus. So, when Jesus was brought over to Pilate, who was the Romer govern Rome Romer, that's not a word, Roman governor at the time, he asked the crowd why this man was brought before him. And the crowd replied, If this man were not a criminal, we wouldn't have handed him over to you. Then Pilate told him, Take him for yourselves and pass judgment on him according to your own law. Then the Jewish religious leaders replied, We can't legally put anyone to death. So Pilate said to him, Do you not 
hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him, not one word. So the governor marveled greatly. Now at the feast of the governor, governor was accustomed to releasing to the multitude one prisoner whom they wished. And at the time, they had this notorious prisoner whose name was Barabbas. So Barabbas was a very bad guy. He was like a murderer and like, yeah, <gasps> basically. And therefore, when they had gathered together, Pilate said to them, whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that they had handed him over because of envy. See, Pilate knew. So while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife said to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitudes that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then mm. the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail, but rather um, tumult was rising, he took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of, this, of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Okay, so as you can see from this story, groupthink prevailed despite even Pilate's wife telling him that he should not listen to the crowd. Even his own conscience was telling him that this Jesus, that Jesus was innocent and that they handed him over because of envy. It it only happened because they wanted to crucify him for speaking the truth. And the crowd prevailed. Pilate just gave in to the crowd, basically. It would be more, technically, like from a natural standpoint, it would be more beneficial for him to listen to the crowd, especially because he's a governor. He doesn't want there to be like a protest or something like that happening. So we can even see this happening in the Old Testament and like I guess all throughout the Bible really. But I think that will take forever. So ah uh, no. Okay. We can also see this <laughs> form of public shaming in the world we live in today, whether that be in a country like North Korea or like online, it can happen anywhere. So it happens often now. So we should definitely, 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 definitely ten times one thousand look into this more. Okay. <laughs> On that note, Sujino, is there some kind of psychological tendency as to why we create these kind of things and do these kind of like things to other people? What is it? Do you know what it is? <laughs> I I didn't even know that I could reply what I've learned to hear. <laughs> and- <laughs> uh, I've learned about something called social cognitive theory started by Albert Bandera. And this theory assumes that humans learn behavior through observational learning. In other words, people can learn by watching models and imitating their behavior, like basically confirming what majority do. 
Uh, sometimes the model is trying to have a direct effect on the learner. For example, when a teacher instructs children how to solve, solve a problem, but often models serve as indirect models in that they are not trying to influence behavior. So there's a study which conspicuously shows a conforming called Ash Conformity Study. So I'll talk about briefly. So Ash conducted an experiment to investigate the extent to which social pressure from a majority group could affect a person to conform. So one real participant and seven confederates are in a group and the what's this? <laughs> And, oh, and and the real participant <laughs> was a word of So each person had to choose one line that looks the same as the model. <laughs> the real participant sat at the last so that he was able to see the wrong answer that the confederates answered. So the result of the study was the most of the real participants went along and conformed with the incorrect answer. Their reasoning for choosing an incorrect answer was they wanted to feel fit in the group and believe that they, the confederates, are more knowledgeable. So the reason why I talked about this study is to talk about how people conform to boycotting or canceling culture. Some people just conform whatever the majority do, even though they do not know why people hate someone, just to be part of the group. And this links to the theory I talked about, uh, where people learn behavior from the model. Yeah, that's so interesting, right? I mean, like, I can see this in myself, like, um... The teacher would be like, okay, um, okay, like for example, the teacher's like, who likes uh red or something? And then like um nobody raises their hand. So like you're just yeah. kind of there like sitting like, wait, nobody likes red, but I like red. Something like that, right? And then mm-hmm. like, who likes blue? And then everyone raised their hand, then you're like, What? Okay, then you just kind of raise your hand so you just kind of fit into the crowd, yeah. right? You kind of feel yeah. that tendency in yourself to be with the crowd. It feels a bit weird, right, to be not a part of the crowd. I feel like it's just kind of like in our DNA to want to be a part of something bigger, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, Mr. Joel talk about this in TOK too. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about um, some of the famous examples. Well, I give you just one. I'll give you just one because cancel culture examples are so exhausting. Okay, so um, I'm going to talk about this from like with the accuser and the accused. So actually, the first scandal that I ever heard about was the one with Laura Lee. Now, I don't know if any of you remember that anymore. I don't really know how long ago it was. I forgot. But this uh, this Laura Lee was a beauty guru who was ostracized after some racist tweets resurfaced from 2012. People went crazy over her apology video and deemed it to be fake, saying that she's canceled. I mean, like, there's like a lot of tweets that's like, I can't with Laura Lee's apology video. She couldn't even produce fake tears, so she had to resort to an awful acting job and constantly cover her eyes with her hands. It's fun <laughs> to see her subscriber count drop with every passing moment. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> that's that's a real tweet. I I just read a real tweet. So yeah, 
According to Dream and Lace, Laura Lee's apology to her racist remarks being made public was immediately shut down, um, caused the shutdown of her Twitter account. So she deleted all those tweets and later reopened her Twitter but posted a written apology, which they mentioned was likely written for her by a publicist. So it wasn't even by herself. So, her apology video sparked a very large backlash for the way she misinterpreted the situation and claimed that she, she merely, quote-unquote, retweeted offensive things six years ago, when in actuality, she had taken the time to write them out. People also criticized Laura Lee for roughly editing the video, and many felt that she was actually fake crying on screen. And since her apology video, Laura Lee has lost 500,000 subscribers and counting on YouTube. Alta Beauty announced that they're going to discontinue plans to carry Laura Lee cosmetics. Also, Eyeshadow Palette BoxyCharm CEO posted a video that they are, will no longer have a working relationship with Laura. Morphe Brushes, who is one of Laura Lee's largest affiliates, also removed her as a brand partner and apparently are in the process of discontinuing her sales products as well. And actually, it's already been done quite a long time ago. So... See, like, see how this cancel, cancel thing caused literally the downfall of not only this person's, like, career, but most likely their mental health as well, right? So, yeah, I guess that's the thesis. People were basically mad about her tweets. And Lee found it, like, bad for business. And she had to apologize. But the bad apology made the cancel culture mob even more mad. So, yeah, it's just a never-ending positive feedback cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so looking at this situation, Sujino, tell us about the psychological effects of cancel culture on people, please. <laughs> <laughs> so there will be some controversies debating whether cancel culture is good or bad. So to the to determine the stance, we should know the effects on both accuser and the accused. Uh, the majority of people being cancelled, especially in the case of teens, cancellation would be the worst punishment imaginable because rejection by their peer group is their biggest fear. And being cancelled is something like being isolated from the world, especially during adolescence. And cancelling often turns into bullying. So accordingly, being cancelled can lead to teen, teen anxiety, depression, trauma, and in extreme cases, suicidal thoughts and behavior. So imagine us being thrusted out of social circles. That's so sad. And yeah, that would be sad. Yeah. So for the canceller, I guess there are not many effects on them, but I believe the counselor should set their own boundaries to decide what up- uplifts you and what offends you. Don't just follow what everyone does. Yeah. And if you don't have a direct or close relationship with them, uh, publicly shaming someone is unlikely to change their beliefs or lead to lasting change. All it does is make them dig in their heels even more often to defend their egos and reputation. Yeah, the problem is like, yeah, okay, I'll talk about it more later. But I would say, yes, it tends to impact us negatively because both sides, they're not going to win. 
With cancel culture, there's a fine line between freedom of speech or just action and morality. What is right and wrong? Situations are often gray. They're not black and white. So it's difficult, right, for us to say for sure which side is right or wrong. And free speech is important, and I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm scared for the day where free speech is taken away from us because somebody found it offensive. I know there's a fine line between free speech and being rude or mean to someone, degrading someone, hurting someone with words. But often, um, the problem is truth becomes, when truth is offensive and usually is, um, we can get canceled for the truth. So if I told you, okay, that you're a bad person, you would be offended, right? Like, I mean, I told that to my brother and they got offended. (laughs) 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 Maybe you shouldn't do that. But um, I want you to remember, okay, the last time that you (laughs) lied or you stolen or you blasphemed or you cheated or you did any of those things, literally within the whole span of your lifetime, you know, anything along those lines, you name it. So... I mean, be the judge for yourself, but even I believe I'm a bad human because I've done some of those things. So um, here's a study from Cato National Service in America about what Americans feel about free speech. So, okay, um, they've, this survey found that self-censorship is on the rise in United States. Nearly two-thirds or 62% of Americans say that the political climate these days prevents them from saying things they believe because others might find them offensive. The share of Americans who self-censor has risen several points since 2017 when 58% of Americans agreed with the statement. Nearly a third or 32% of employed Americans say they are personally worried about missing out career opportunities or losing their job if their political opinions have become known. So, no one is safe from cancel culture. It puts everyone on edge. Not only the accused, but also the accuser. The accuser themselves are at risk of being accused if they're not in agreement with the mob. Okay, it might be it's, it might sound a bit confusing, but you'll get it a bit later. It produces this very consumerist mindset towards human beings. They're just like there to be disposed if they do not quote unquote work the way you want them to. So humans are being treated like something that can be thrown out rather than a being that's dynamic and able to change. And I know some of them may not be able to change. Maybe their heart is so hardened, they're just, they just don't want to change. But most of the time, even if the person is keen on improving or changing, the mob does not back down and they do not forgive. People say not to judge. Society says judging is bad. But cancel culture is literally an embodiment of horrible and swift judgment on someone. So the thing is, this can happen to anyone, as I said before, and even those who are innocent. So we are quick to judge, and we don't even see the plank in our own eye. I mean, yeah, maybe the guy's plank is bigger, but still, we got a plank in our own eye, or like, we're just doing it, we're just judging in a bad manner. It's like judging is not bad. It's just the issue is how we judge and in what manner we do it. We need to be quick to listen and slow to speak, which is a good guideline y'all should use every day. So 
cancel culture, I would say, affects people, whether you're on the side of the accuser or of the accused, you're going to be affected by it in a bad way. The accused promotes a mindset that objectifies a person, while the accused are at risk of anxiety and depression at the most, or even worse, and even suffer mentally or physically, such as their career, like the example I mentioned before. So, that's like... Wow, you know, that's a lot. So <laughs> this brings up the question, is there a need for cancel culture? Should we cancel cancel culture? <laughs> <laughs> so the cancel culture allows marginalized people to seek accountability where the justice system fails. Mm-hmm. And I'll read out the incident that happened a few years ago to explain this point. So um, the Me Too movement gave innumerable women and some men the ability to call out their countless abusers in a forum where the accusations might be heard and <laughs> more. <laughs> uh, Olivia Goldhill, court science reporter, explained, men have sexually assaulted and harassed women with impunity for millennia incredibly ever since the allegations against hollywood impresario harvey (laughs) weinstein stopped being an open secret a few famous men men have finally faced what do (laughs) repercussions for their actions where inept courts and HR departments have failed, the new tactic has succeeded. Women talking publicly about harassment on social media, fueling the public condemnation that's that's com- that that's com- forced men <laughs> <laughs> their jobs and destroyed their reputations. Constance Greedy, staff writer at Fox, stated historically we as a culture don't do much to the rich and famous and powerful men of the world when when women say that those men have hurt them. We give them us cars and a seat on the Supreme Court and in the White House and we call their accusers liars or hysterical or unreliable. We treat the men and their power as sacrosanct, and the women and their pain as the disposal. Both eh? disposal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this shows that cancel culture give gives a voice to disenfranchised or less powerful people. Also, something that law didn't catch and admit the fault can be criticized through canceling culture. This can be linked. This can be linked to the civil rights movement to bring some to bring about social change. And this is a really, really important step to develop and make a harmonious society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That does make a good amount of sense. So yeah, so okay, what does cancel culture, this cancel culture say about society today? So okay, I would say that society as we know it now culture in general i would describe it as sensitively insensitive they're sensitive about anything bad said about them or their beliefs but once someone else gets it and you know they're just gonna you know bash them i guess you could say that Mm -hmm. for lack of better word i don't know what else to say we are allowed (laughs) to destroy their careers and publicly shame them for the bad thing that they have done 
there may not be a need for per se to cancel cancel culture but there is a desperate necessity to change the ways in which we do this it needs to be transformed into something where we can criticize and speak to one another about what we think they are doing wrong yet still give them adequate guidance compassion forgiveness and help they need in order to stop doing that thing we need to begin creating a culture of forgiveness rather than condemnation all the time i mean maybe it's appropriate for some situations but for most, maybe not. I think it just depends, though. The biggest problem with cancel culture is that it degrades the value of human beings based on that one thing, usually only one thing, that they have done. We are basing the whole person's life on what they have done rather than what they are doing now. People sin and they fall, but as long as they acknowledge it's wrong and it's a sin and truly repent, then we should not condemn them any further. However, I think this can get quickly complicated, especially if the person does it many times. Despite this, being canceled can be can happen almost like overnight. If you do not agree with the majority of culture today, you're getting canceled. Bye. <laughs> A good example of this would be how the fast food chain Chick-fil-A was canceled by LGBTQ plus activists due to the company's support of anti-LGBTQ plus causes. Okay, that's kind of long. Anyway, so Jin, I think this is getting quite long already. <laughs> We're going mm-hmm. to end it here, but stay tuned for part two next week where we're going to be talking about the possible good sides of cancel culture whether we should be following cancel culture and if cancel culture is a form of social justice and of course most importantly what the bible says on this topic okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah um this topic was really fascinating and i suppose you guys are interested too And as Misha said, we're going to continue this topic on next week. So stay tuned, yeah, guys. Um, yes. Listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>